It is episode 57 of the Night Shift, and a lot of it's happening from Peterborough, Ontario. Here, listen. Can you hear this? That is the sound of the London Knights bus taking skaters who will be taking the optional skate on the morning of Game 3 to the Peterborough Memorial Centre. I don't know if you heard that. There's a lawnmower in the background. We are here in Peterborough, Ontario. Mike Stubbs, Jim Van Horn, Kyle Grimard holding down the fort in London, Ontario. You can follow all of us on socials. You can find Kyle at Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. You can find me at Stubbs980, and you can find Jim at J-C-V-H-60. Thank you for finding this podcast, and give us a review. Send us any questions that you want to Mike at 980cfpl.ca. We have ourselves, gentlemen, a 1-1 tie in the OHL championship series and we have seen each team find ways because that's jim van horn what it's all about when you get to this level can you find a way to win a hockey game yep and that's the way it is across the country the chl the three chl series all tied one one including a, a halifax win in a crazy uh quebec city and uh, of course uh, the big uh winnipeg uh, arena hosting the uh, Western Hockey League final now and uh, Seattle found a way to win a game there so they're going back to Seattle so this is the time of year where uh, these small margins are the difference and uh, we see that in this series as well so that's why they call it the finals and that's why these teams have worked so hard to get here the uh, it's tight it's tight everywhere we are going to be recapping game one and game two very quickly. Then we'll talk about the shift to Peterborough, the differences that happen when you're playing in Peterborough, how the game is different. We are also going to talk about how the game will be different because national TV is now a part of the rest of this series. And as much as that doesn't necessarily make a difference in the National Hockey League, it does in Major Junior because it opens up more breaks during a period. And we'll talk about what that could do to the game. And we're also going to hear from Ryan Humphrey, who played in the OHL Championship Series last year for the Hamilton Bulldogs. And he'll compare what he has seen so far this year with what the Bulldogs went through last year when they even fell behind the Windsor Spitfires two games to one, had a big overtime win in game four, and then had to go the distance to beat the Windsor Spitfires in seven games. So let's recap game one and game two. Kyle, for anybody who missed game one, do we look at that and say that was about as well played a game as the Knights could find? Well, absolutely. And, you know, that's exactly the type of game the Knights wanted to play. They were good defensively. They had great structure. They were able to capitalize and score the opening goal of the game and really dictate how the game was played afterwards. They got a really phenomenal performance from first star of the game, Zach Bowen as well. And, you know, that was the the way that they want to play out the, the entirety of the series. But as good teams do, they make adjustments, they adapt and they change up certain situations. And that's what Peterborough did coming in, into game two. So that's going to be now what the counter punch is for the London Knights, because the Knights, they threw the first one in game one. Peterborough came back with a counter punch in game two. Now we'll see who lands the next blow here in game three. What teams make uh, changes, which adaptations fit a little bit better. And now it also shifts over to Peterborough where the Peets now have home ice. They were able to take one from London. Now we'll see how London goes into Peterborough and handles that crowd in that building. 
Jim, mistakes are so magnified when you get to this point in a season. They're even more magnified when you get into a lot of the either round robin or one game elimination of the Memorial Cup. Make a mistake, and sometimes it'll be in the back of your net. If we look at game two, how much of make a mistake and it ends up in the back of your net did the London Knights experience? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the mistake is uh, the way to classify it for sure, but also just sometimes it's just uh, uh, an unfortunate uh, turn of events. And and not that they're random, but example, that would be the Tucker-Robertson breakaway goal. Uh, Oliver Bonk had a great uh, opportunity at one end and uh, you know left his defense position to uh, for an offensive uh, chance. And it was a great decision at that time. All of a sudden, puck comes quickly the other way. And Sean McGurn, who did not make a mistake in terms of holding back, he was the last guy back. He made the decision to stay there with Robertson, but Robertson just beat him. He got a stride on him, and the Peets found a long pass, and in he went on the breakaway. On another goal, two Knights collide into the corner. A veteran comes out, gets a little uh, space, and uh, finds some uh, finds a hole. So these are really small uh, uh, chances in time that the Peets were able to really cash in on. So I give them credit. The Knights, I don't think, um, really have to adjust too much in their game um, because they outshot, outchanced the Peets. And, um, you know, this is the finals. You, you, you know, the, I think the Knights got a lot of uh, looks and a lot of what they wanted in game two. Couldn't cash in. Michael Simpson got hot. Pete's took advantage. Um, and now it's it's up to the Knights, uh, every one of them, to to sort of continue on that and sort of return to the game one form. But it, as we say all the time, small margins made the difference. Pete's cashed in. Well, those scoring chances certainly were few and far between for Peterborough. The Knights had more scoring chances. Michael Simpson Talk to us a little bit about him, Kyle. Just the goaltending performance that we saw from Zach Bowen was elite in game one. How about Michael Simpson of Peterborough in game two? Well, that's as good of a bounce back performance as you can imagine. And not that Michael Simpson played bad in game one, just Peterborough was never able to get anything going to help counteract what Michael Simpson was doing. But, you know, he came back and, you know, not that to take away from the shots on goal, but we mentioned this on after the buzzer, the, uh, the show we do after each and every home game, but you know, there were a lot of perimeter shots, which Michael Simpson is going to handle very well throughout the course of it. He's done so, so far. He's got a 2.76 goals against average in the playoffs. He's sporting, uh, I believe, a 9.15 or a 9.16 save percentage as well. He has been very much up to the task. But what I liked from him was he made a lot of big saves, keeping the puck in front of him and allowing himself to reset up for any rebound potential. But that was one of the adjustments that Peterborough made, is they were able to allow Simpson to see the first shot once the rebound was set in place, they collapsed on the puck and got it back out to the perimeter or out of the zone, allowing Simpson to reset himself and then get ready for the next shot incoming. And that was really evident towards the end of the game when the game was 5-3, when the Knights pulled their goaltender and they had six attackers on the ice. They were pressing to get the game to within one goal. And Simpson made a sequence of about three saves. But with each save, Peterborough was able to clear the front of the net, allow the puck to, to, set, to, to get outside of the, the middle of the ice. And then Simpson was able to reset from that point and then allow himself to follow through and make the next save. Well, an impressive performance, 51 saves. Zach Bowens had an impressive performance, a shutout in the playoffs. And now 
we reach game three. Before we move on to game three, though, gentlemen, we've got to touch on something that some fans have certainly been commenting on, and that is the officiating in game two. And we've talked about it on this podcast before. I don't like going at officials at all because it's too easy on replays. It's too easy to believe that everybody is against your team. That's not the case. Sports wouldn't work if officials were against one team all the time. So forget all of that stuff. But there was a call in the game two second period that people are pointing to. And Jim, let's talk about it because Sean McGurn has a partial break. He is, you could say, interfered with. You could say played well defensively by the Peterborough Peets, depending on which side of the puck you cheer for. And then there is no penalty call. Sean McGurn, in exasperation, yells at referee Sean Reed. Referee Sean Reed gives him a minor penalty for unsportsmanlike conduct, and the Peets are now on a five-on-three. Is this a point, Jim, you think that, that fans need to be focusing on? Uh, no, in, in a short answer. Um, but um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that was a great call at that point in the game. Um, you know, and I'm, I don't even know. I mean, there's a conversation to be had about whether it was a penalty or not. I'm not, I'm just going to, you know, everybody can watch the replay and get their own, make their own decision. But to interject your emotion as a referee into the game at that time to be so upset with a comment of a frustrated player that you put a team down two men. Uh, yeah, you're not supposed to uh, say certain things to the official. I don't know what Sean McGurn said, but at that point in the game, in a, in a championship final series, you're there because you the league has selected you as one of the best referees. And um, I think generally, Sean Reed is a really good referee. And I just think he made a, a botched call there. But um, I also don't think the referees cost the Knights that game. I, I, I think it's a debatable, it's a topic we can debate. Players make mistakes, coaches make mistakes, and referees make mistakes. I thought that was a mistake, but I also don't think the Knights finished the job. They took a 3-2 lead into the third period after that call. And uh, so, I mean, you can talk about all the circumstances, but you have to, in a... To win a championship, you've got to f absolutely be focused on the task at hand and nothing else, and don't let that distract you. And I guess, Kyle, we can look at it that the hockey gods or the hockey universe brought it back around because Sean McGurn steps out of the penalty box after serving his minor penalty, breaks up a pass at his blue line, turns, skates across the red line, fires the puck on net, and it goes in, something that would never happen. So maybe the hockey gods went, wait a minute, wait a minute, Peterborough got a goal. Okay, let's give London a goal. Now we're back at square one. Yeah, no, it, it, exactly. And, you know, it, things did eventually work themselves out where the Knights, two, they took a 3-2 lead and then had a power play afterwards, a five-minute power play after they scored to make it 3-2. They had 3-20 remaining on that power play. They could have converted. They had a power play later on in the game as well that they could have converted on. So it's not like London didn't have their opportunities. I think things did eventually balance themselves out. And Mike, I think you're the best person to talk to about this because you don't allow, like you don't talk about the officials and how they they dictate a game. There can be certain plays that go a certain way for sure. But I think at the end of the day, you, you'll normally look at it and either the better team normally wins or the team with the better performance from one individual player finds a way to win. But nevertheless, 
we have a tie series right now. I think both teams have done things that they have been able to exercise to earn themselves a victory. And that's why now it's a best of five series. Here we go. Well, let's switch to Peterborough because there are some differences coming in the way that things act on the ice simply because Peterborough has a unique ice surface. We've discussed it a lot, but let's touch on a couple of the things. Yesterday, Jim, the London Knights came down. That would have been Sunday, depending on when you're listening to the podcast. They came down to Peterborough. They had a practice on the ice, and it wasn't just a practice of skating and systems and drills and plays, And but there were a lot of guys who were just seeing how the building played, seeing how the boards and the glass performed when they did certain things. Interesting to watch. It was. And what you have in Peterborough uh, are square corners. Uh, the corners are, it creates a very different bounce off the boards. Um, it creates occasional uh, pucks uh, occasionally from going into the slot when normally it would be unexpected. So goalies really have to be on alert. It's more difficult to play the puck uh, in Peterborough as a goaltender. So you saw uh, Zach Bowen uh, taking some, uh, you know, um, measures to see how the bounces were going yesterday. Uh, you can get a little um, kind of, I guess, uh, psyched out by it uh, because uh, while it does change the game, you still have to play the puck as it bounces, right? And your reactions will will dictate that. But um yeah, there's a thought that uh, you you play the puck less as a goaltender in Peterborough because of that. So uh, I don't know. It will be interesting. The Knights traditionally um, haven't really played that well here. And I don't know if it's the square corners or not. I think it's a tough place to play it. Maybe lacrosse is very big here. It may be um, configured better for lacrosse. I don't know. Uh, but the Peets had a chance to change the configuration of their ice years ago when they did a major renovation, and they chose not to. And um, that's an interesting decision. And so they see it maybe as a bit of an advantage for them. And the Knights will, that's one more thing they'll have to overcome. And Kyle, Jim pointed to the fact that if you look at video of Michael Simpson, he doesn't play the puck all that much. And a lot of that comes from Peterborough. When you're not getting those true bounces, you got to stay in your net a little bit. There are ways, we talked about the Bayshore bounce in Owen Sound, there are ways in Peterborough that you fire the puck off the low dasher and it bounces right out into the slot. If you are taking away the ability or at least limiting just to be safe, the ability for London Knights goaltender Zach Bowen to play the puck. What is that doing for the London Knights? Well, it's putting a little bit more pressure on the defenseman. And, you know, Zach Bowen doesn't play the puck nearly as often as, say, a Brett Brochu would. And maybe it would be a much bigger factor if it were Brochu starting. But, you know, Zach Bowen comes out, you know, fairly decently, but not an insane amount. And all it's really going to do is put a little bit more pressure, have a little bit more urgency on the defenseman for the Knights coming back. It's going to put a little bit more uh, pressure on guys like Mayu and George and McKinnon and all those guys and their ability to make a quick decision. And and move the puck and try to avoid taking punishment. I think now the onus goes a little bit more on them in making a play along the boards. And then that means that the wingers have to be in position to receive a pass. The center has to come back to help support as well. It's not just a one player or a one position factor. Everything factors in if a goaltender is not playing the puck more because the defenseman has to be the one that comes back to make the first pass, which meaning the, the, the have to be 
helping out as well. So it's a full team effort to try and take pressure off of the forecheck that Peterborough is so known, known well to do. We can talk about the goaltenders playing the pucks, but one of the other things, and Jim, we had a chance to look at this yesterday, is the very small neutral zone area too, where between the blue lines, there isn't as much space as you normally have. And so you wonder, Jim, just how defensive could this game get tonight as both of these teams are willing to say, okay, we're going to make it tough for you to come through us. Peterborough did that especially well, even though the Knights got 54 shots on goal. Kyle, you mentioned the amount of shots to the outside. This is something that could develop in tonight's game, defense versus defense in a big way. Yeah, I actually, I think that's a great point. Uh, I think uh, th when you talk about the corners, maybe that small neutral zone, um, is a bigger factor, and who, who knows how that's going to play out. Um, the Knights uh, and Pete both have a pretty good group of forwards that have been around a few years and use speed to their advantage to create uh, quick turnovers, and that's the certainly the Knights game. Create quick turnovers in that neutral zone and then um, turn those into scoring chances. Um, so we'll see if uh, who, who does that better uh, because, yeah, it is uh, – you know, you're one stride, two strides maybe, and you're 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 from the blue line to the red line. That's it, and so you have to make uh, decisions uh, maybe a little quicker, and maybe that will set up uh, a little bit more dump and chase, get rid of the puck and get it in, and force the other team to have to come through your uh, checking system in the neutral zone, be it a one two two, uh, you know, even a, a one three one. If you really want to get uh, defensive and just send one forward in and clog that that tiny neutral zone, that makes it pretty tough to generate offense with speed through the neutral zone. One other major change from this point on in the OHL Championship Series, there is now national TV coverage. So what does that mean? Well, it means there's. More of an opportunity for people to see the OHL game? Well, that's great. No, it actually changes something else because in major junior games, you have one timeout for promotional purposes during a period, and it comes just after the 10-minute mark. If you've been to games, that's when Shovel Guy comes out now in the finals. Andrew Kidd has looked fantastic in his tuxedo at Budweiser Gardens. That is also different now because there are three timeouts per period one after the 15 minute mark one after the 10 minute mark and one after the five minute mark and they will fit these in even if the game is going on you may see them right back to back what that does is it gives more breaks and it gives more breaks to the top players the top players play more often you could argue that the peterborough peets use a shorter bench at least for the first two games of the series we have seen that jim do tv timeouts favor peterborough a little bit, I think, um, you know, if you but it also uh, gives everybody uh, time uh, to rest. And I think um, the Knights uh, have some pretty good players on the top two lines, so they will be uh, getting a little more rest as well. So um, we'll have to see. I, I, I think uh, you could look at it that way, that Peterborough that would fit their normal sort of structure. But I think that the Knights going to adjust uh, to that and take advantage of it too in certain situations. Um, the, I don't think the outcome of the game is going to come down to that. I think there's a lot more uh, that's going to be written and said about um, just the, the goaltenders, the defense and uh, you know, turning mistakes into scoring chances. I, I don't think 
it's it's uh, a factor that's going to determine who's going to win and who's going to lose. I'll be far more interested to uh, Zach Bowen's uh, returning to game one form. I think we look for that to be a lot more of a factor. Kyle, how about you in terms of things you're looking for in game three? Anything you're watching for? Well, I, you know, I mentioned earlier, I'm watching for the response from London and, you know, more of a physical up in your face, uh, you know, hard nose style. And I think London can play that game, but I think they want their best players dictating the course of it and not getting into those, you know, shenanigans, you know, falling into what Peterborough has done so well to take out top teams in the Eastern conference, like an Ottawa or like a North Bay. So I want to look for London to get back to, to certain things. I want them to maybe not make the uncharacteristic mistakes that they did. And, you know, they didn't make a whole lot of them, but the ones that they made Peterborough was able to capitalize off them. And I think that's how Peterborough is going to do it. They're going to sit back and almost play like a rope-a-dope style where you're taking long shots from the point, trying to sift things through. And then once one guy is out of position, that's their counteract and, and, and that's how they are able to capitalize. So I want to see if London goes back to maybe their more game one style where they were so strict defensively and did not allow themselves to get outside of themselves. And Peterborough really didn't have a whole lot to work with. Remember, in game one, Zach Bowen only had to make 24 saves. They only had 27 shots, but I think there were more high danger opportunities in that game in game two for them. So maybe look for London to go back to that style feel with the, with adapting to the, to the away arena. Well, let's talk finally about the style that has been played in the OHL championship series. It is hard hitting. It's vicious, ferocious. Ryan Humphrey played in it last year for the Hamilton Bulldogs. Here is Ryan on what he's seen through two games of the OHL Championship Series in 2023. Both teams are really good, competitive. We got good players on both sides, so there's not too many inches given out there, and um, I think you're just seeing a battle of the best, and um, I love it, and I hope everyone else loves it too. (laughs) You went through this last year. Is this as hard-hitting as it felt last year? Oh, yeah. It seems like it gets faster and faster. I'm like, body's falling apart, but um, it's part of it this year. Um, everyone knows that. And like I said, I'm just excited. It's, it's going to be a battle. We know it coming in. And um, it's two teams that are, aren't going to give an end for each other. You almost want that. You were 1-1 last year against Windsor. What is the feeling around a 1-1 series in the final? Because there's still some time to go, but at the same time, there isn't a lot of time to go. Right. It's one of those things where it seems close, but at the same time, it's long. We just got to play it day by day. Um, I trust in these guys. I trust in Bowen. I trust in the staff to get us ready. I mean, it's the same game we've been playing all year. It's just uh, up a little notch, and... Um, it's just the most exciting time. I keep saying it, but it's just it's fun. It's fun. The series shifts to Peterborough now. You played in Peterborough more than the Knights did last year. Last year they didn't play here at all. This year just once. You know this building. Everybody makes a lot about this building. Yeah. Should they, or is it is it hockey in the um, end? Yeah, I mean, both teams are on it, and it's one of those barns where everything happens quicker than... It already was happening. Um, the boards are obviously a little different. Um, rims come out, bounce out different ways. So both teams kind of have to be repaired. I don't think it's an advantage for anyone. I think it's just a, a different style than anyone can really get used to ever. So um, I'm hopefully the boys are out there getting ready, feeling it, and um, maybe taking a couple rims because it's definitely needed. But, um, yeah, I think both teams play on it, so it's even. 
Talk to us about that, the practicing rimming the puck around and what you're looking for when you're doing that. Are you looking for spots or are you just looking for the feel of what happens? Yeah, just the feel of what happens. I mean, you never kind of know it kind of goes the same area but you don't want to be the guy that's like oh i'm going behind the net and now it's in front of our net so um i don't know it's just one of those things where you kind of got to get the feel down maybe five ten rims and you should be good to go but there's the never get too high never get too low part of hockey how do you do it now when winning a championship is so close yeah i mean this is the hardest hardest part of the the year um you know you're in the trenches your body's beat up you're physically tired you're mentally tired and that's kind of when i guess all those morning practices come in handy and the repetitive drills getting down the systems and stuff everything dale's been preaching it kind of comes to light now and it's it's uh do or die so um you know both teams like i said they they were not giving an inch both ways so uh, i guess may the best man win do you and george and ryan draw on anything from last year any feelings that you went through because at times you trailed in that series you had to win at times definitely like you said the highs and lows of the sport i mean that's what makes it like the hardest trophy to win is is hockey and um it's because you got to ride that wave and never know what can happen and you just got to be prepared at all times good luck the rest of the way thank you this is ryan humphrey's kind of hockey you can just hear it in his voice he's ready to go the knights and the peats are ready to go the other championship series jim van horn mentioned halifax and quebec tied 1-1 quebec won game one halifax came back in front of a huge crowd at the building in quebec city that who knows could one day be home to an nhl team has that passed well, Halifax was able to find a way to win, so it's 1-1 there. Winnipeg maybe surprised Seattle a little bit in Game 1 in the Western Hockey League. Seattle bounced back and won Game 2, and those series will resume not on Monday night, but on Tuesday night. So the Knights and the Peets are the only game in town in Major Junior Hockey. And gentlemen, we will see how things go in Game number 3. We'll recap it along with game number four a little later on this week on another podcast before we get set for game five back at Budweiser Gardens. We know for sure there will be one of those, and it will happen, remember, at 7.30 on Friday night. It is a 7.30 start on Wednesday. It's a 7.30 start on Friday. That has a lot to do with national television coverage. So think back to every other year before this one. On a Friday night in downtown London, get your tickets at LondonKnights.com and get set for this OHL Championship Series to continue. You can follow Jim at JCBH60. You can follow Kyle at Kyle Grimard, G-R-I-M-A-R-D. And you can follow me at Stubbs980. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast. Game three of the OHL Championship Series about to get underway. Enjoy it. Looking forward to it. Here we go. Well done. 